When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. This is where I give you scientific steps and strategies and tips to help you manage your mental mess and clean it up. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to solve or how to manage a relationship crisis. Listen, relationships are hard enough as it is. We all struggle in relationships. But when you hit a crisis, what can you do? So today we're going to be talking about relationship crisis, crises. And before we start, I just want to tell you about my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this. And if you haven't, I'm really excited about this book because this is a culmination of 38 years of research up-to-date research on how you can manage your mind. I mean, your mind is everything. You don't even go three seconds without using your mind. You can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you can't even go three minutes without using your mind. So this book teaches you how to manage your mind. Your mind is the source of all your thoughts, all your words, and all your actions. So if we don't manage our mind, it's a mess. So this book will really help you clean up your mental mess. It's got five scientific, my five-step scientific strategy, the neurocycle, neuro meaning brain cycle, mean, meaning you're cycling through. The neurocycle is has 38 years of research on how you manage your mind to clean up the mental mess. I show you how to apply the neurocycle in day-to-day stuff, like let's say you've just had an argument and how do you get your mind back together so you can go into that meeting you have to go into. Or the big stuff, like you've got a trauma from the past and it's impacting how you're functioning. And neurocycling for how to manage that. Neurocycling for how to deal with those toxic bad habits that are just keeping you stuck. Or things like imposter syndrome or people pleasing. The day-to-day stuff. So it really, it's so helpful. I use this. I'm a mental mess. But what I've learned to do, which is what I'm teaching you in this book and which has been clinically researched and applied, is I have learned how to catch myself quicker and manage my mental mess and fix up the mental mess so much more efficiently. So I still battle, I still have the arguments, I still have get dep- depressed and anxious at times and worried, and but I catch it quicker and I know how to manage it. So it's much less in my life and it's much more controlled. So that's what I want to give to you to help you. It is, is so helpful and so useful. And I have shown that the, with, my, with the research that you can learn to manage anxiety and depression by an improved factor of 81%. So you'll be 81% more in control and more efficient at managing your mind. So you can get this wherever you order books and it's on pre-order at the moment. If you go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com, the name of the book, cleaningupyourmentalmess.com, you can then find all the information there. You can order pre-order, it's on pre-order at the moment. You can pre-order it wherever you order books. 
And what's really great about the pre-ordering, if you as soon as you pre-ordered, register at cleaningupyourmentalmess.com. We will put the link in the show notes. You will get all the pre-order bonuses, which are amazing. There's a downloadable workbook. There's a three-week book club where I will be helping you to walk through the neurocycle. There are extra bonus chapters, like how to use the neurocycle for your kids. There's a free month on the neurocycle app. I even have an app, the neurocycle app that goes with this. It used to be called the Switch app. But it's been upgraded to the NeuroCycle app and it's got so much in it to help you. Like those moments where you'd catch yourself people pleasing and you don't know what to do or you're in the midst of that argument or you've got some major acute trauma, you can go straight into that NeuroCycle app and download and you can find stuff to help you. The stuff's in the book too, so they work together. Okay, so you can go, you get a free month of that, so much more. But only if you pre-order. So pre-order for yourself, for your friends, for your family. Go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com and pre-order your book today. And now, back to today's podcast. We are talking about dealing with a relationship crisis. And I am going to give you a neurocycle to help you deal with the relationship crisis. I do have some notes on my computer. So if I glance down, just forgive me because I want to make sure, like I always say, that I keep on track and keep on target. And there's some things that just are going to be better if I read them to you. Okay, so basically, we know relationships can be incredibly challenging. But I think in this pandemic, it's put taken that to a whole new level. I mean, here we are in you know restricted spaces, work from home together all the time. So where you had that space to express yourself and do things differently and have your time out and go to work and go to gym and all that kind of thing, go to restaurants, see other friends, that's been taken away, as we all know. And that will impact how you feel about yourself and your partner or those that you're in relationship with in your in your home, obviously. But I'm talking specifically about between couples. So you and your partner. Okay. And this, and that's what I want to talk about today. When your relationship crises, what can you do? So the way I'm going to handle this is that I'm going to give you some sort of rules for how to manage it. And then I'm going to walk you through a neurocycle. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that happen in your brain as well. Okay. So you know me, I'm always going to tell you about the mind-brain connection and, you know, why this is really worth doing. Okay, so in addition to just what we're all going through in terms of COVID, there's always also the financial struggles and maybe the medical struggles, all kinds of other struggles that are adding to that and potentially also deaths that you're dealing with in a family or friends and changes in friend groups. You know, there's, there's a lot. It will impact relationships. So I think this can help you a lot. And, you know, also this kind of situation will bring out any kind of weakness that's in a relationship, put under this kind of strain that COVID and the pandemic has put us under, is very likely to make those those strains evident. I mean, I've been married for 34 years now, 34, yeah, 34 years now, but I've known Mac for 35 and a half years. And I tell you this, in, and we've worked together for years, pretty much our whole marriage we've worked together. And we travel together, we're together 24-7. So we're kind of used to this, but it's still been very, very different. In terms of, of how we are, environment is, you know, you don't have those same kind of outlets as we all know. So we have found that certain weaknesses in our marriage, certain patterns, toxic patterns that we had, have come to the fore in this time. And we've had to really use the neurocycle to, to work on this. And it's helped us so much. It's taken our relationship to a whole new level. I've also been asked by so many people via DMs and via emails. Can you please help us with how to improve and deal with the relationship crisis? So this is, you know, this is not just 
that experience that I've had in my marriage that's going to help you. But also, this is a cry of a lot of people's hearts, and it's really worth getting into. Okay, so what's super important, the most important thing to remember is that you are in a relationship, which means you can't hide what you're going through. It's, it's, really, it's really easy to try to hide it, to kind of keep the peace, or maybe not to put pressure on the other person because you know they're under pressure, so you, hide, you think you can hide it. But you can't hide anything from anyone else. They may not know exactly what you're thinking, but it's going to come out in your behaviors. You're either going to be more irritable than normal, or more ratty than normal, or more depressed than normal, or more withdrawn, or you cry more, or you argue more, or you shout more. Your behavior because we, is going to change because we're not designed to keep these toxic issues inside of us. We're designed to share them and to get them out and to deal with them, to embrace them, process them, and reconceptualize them with the support of our loved ones. And obviously, our partner is the person that we feel the closest to and the safest with, and it's a really great place to be able to share. But there is a perception that, okay, I'm going to stuff this down because I don't want to put any more pressure on that person or lots of things have been maybe going on. In, in, in your life, in addition to all the stuff going on in the world, that you maybe feel you can't talk about your own feelings. But as I've said, they're going to explode somewhere. You really do have to get them out. It's super important. So you can't keep it to yourself. You've got to get it out. But the thing is, how do you do that in a safe way, which we're going to be talking about? Okay, so in a relationship, the other important thing to remember is that you literally imprint that other person on your brain. So here we go, my famous brain. If you've watched me before, you know I love to use my brain and I love to use all my props, okay? So let's say this is one person and this is the other person. We've got the brain and the body here, two people in a relationship. When you're in a relationship, there is the spiritual connection, the mind connection, and there is that physical connection. You literally imprint your partner in your brain. So in your brain, is your partner. Your partner is wired into your brain and you are wired into that brain. So these two are wired into each other by the mere fact that you are entangled in each other's life, that you are in relationship. That in relationship means you're going to be wired into each other's brains. Mostly a nice, healthy, green thought. Here's the thought of your relationship. And it's mostly going to be a healthy one, but you're going to have some toxic stuff too. But the mere fact is that you have protein branches in your brain with vibrations of the memories, of everything involved in, in what's going on inside your brain and you in, in each other's brains, okay? And this creates a pull effect, a pull. You pull towards each other. This is why when you're apart from each other, and I know you haven't been apart from each other in COVID, or maybe you're actually living separate and you're desperate for each other. So let's just talk about that for a second. When you're in a relationship and you're separated, there's the calling to each other. There's the need for each other. There's that longing that you feel that can only be satisfied when you're physically back together again in that sense. So now I know a lot of people that are separated during this pandemic, you're having to do that via text and via Zoom and via FaceTime and, and the alternatives, which is not the ideal, but at least you're still connecting and you just have to work that much harder at making sure that you still talk through things and you still talk about how you feel and you still you know have fun and that kind of thing as much as you possibly can. Don't decrease, increase your connection via whatever technology if that's the only way that you are connecting. So I just wanted to say that. But it's a physical fact that you're wiring to each other's brain. You also impact each other's 
every cell of your body because whatever thought you build in your brain impacts every cell of your body. So not only are you building that person into your brain, but you're also building them into your body, which is is, is quite phenomenal. And if you think of it, you're also building them into your mind because remember, the mind is not the same as the brain. You hear me say that so often. So quick reminder for those of you, if you've just jumped on for the first time, or if you're still confused about the mind-brain separation, or you just want it reinforced, the mind is 99% of who you are, the brain and body are 1% of who you are. The brain and body are the physical, the mind is, is the you factor, the, you, the I factor, the, your thinking, feeling, and choosing. It's always going. Your mind is the source of your thoughts. The mind is your source and your, your thoughts and your thoughts are the source of all your words and your actions. So it's mind is first cause. Your mind never stops. As I said, not even for three seconds. Your mind is working all day long, building every experience that you have with everything. And now we're talking specifically with, in, in terms of relationship with your partner. You're building it into your brain and into your body every moment. So every single encounter is being is adding to the branches inside of your brain. So here's your the healthy relationship in your brain and here's the toxic ones. You've all got both, unfortunately, hopefully less of these and more of these. But sometimes these get more and then these get grow and, and, and we focus too much on these and that starts impacting and creating a crisis in our relationship. So what we need to do is find these and deconstruct them and reconstruct them so that we can focus back on these and we can create a new situation, okay? So, and we can do that. It's possible to do that. You just need to know how to do it. So that's what I'm going to tell you today and hopefully it's going to help you a lot. Okay, so the good news is that you also are, you can do this. You can change these. You don't have to live under the control of these. The other thing about literally wiring into each other's brains is that that also means that your DNA of every cell of your body contains something about the other person, which is phenomenal. You know, when you when you conceive a child, there's, there's this, there, those your your thoughts literally pass through the sperm and the over to the next generation, which is epigenetics. So the way that you interact, your relationship passes through and impacts the next generations, which is phenomenal if you think of it. Okay, and then also you are building not only into your brain as these into your brain and into your body but also you build it into your mind. And so your mind is this gravitational field, this thinking, feeling, choosing, ethereal kind of foresty thing. And I use the word forest because your thoughts look like trees in the brain. So it's easier to visualize a forest than it is gravitational fields. But your mind is like this quantum gravitational field. When you, if you're dead and I hold up your brain, your brain's not going to do anything. But because you're alive, your, your mind is the thing that's energizing your brain and keeping it alive and your body. Okay, so it's this this field around you. Like a nice way to understand this mind-brain thing and in terms of relationships is if you think of, like, take a piece of white paper, you, you, you would have done this at school at some point, and you get a whole bunch of iron filings on the paper, like a pile of iron filings, and then you put a magnet in the middle and suddenly this, the iron filings arrange themselves into that electromagnetic pattern. And that's how you would have learned about electromagnetic, your experience of, of the electromagnetic effect and how magnets work the magnetic field and so on. Now we have that magnetic field and that magnetic field is literally like our mind and our mind moves through our brain and our brain responds. So we create these fields. So now this would create a toxic electromagnetic field. And if you're generating, this is going to generate out your brain, it's going to create this around your body and your partner, in this case, we're using our brain as the other partner because I don't have two bodies, is going to feel this toxic energy. It's going to hit them like photons. This is Einstein's photoelectric work on photons, where we generate, because we're alive, we generate energy. 
the energy goes in our brain and then our brain generates our brain is our, our mind generates our brain responds and then our whole body is this whole field is set up around our body and so this creates if this is dominant in your in your mind in your conscious mind it changes the field as it goes back down into an unconscious mind and the field changes this one would create a, a very negative field that you would feel this would create a very positive field that you would also feel, but it's nice. This one makes you feel happy. This is when your husband walks in the house or your wife walks in the house and they give you that smile, you know, that smile. And it's just like, there's a little joke and there's just this, they may not even say anything, but you, you, there's just so much love and whatever coming out of it. Or they walk in the house, they haven't said a word and this is the mood they're in. And you think, oh, okay, I think I'm just going to avoid this person for like the next, however long it's going to take them to calm down. So this is very real, guys. This is so super real. But we can get so thrown by this. And and if we and we don't deal with this, if this is not dealt with and it just you just keep pushing it down and and you will become reactive and you start getting into these toxic patterns and the next minute you're suppressing your stuff and, and it's exploding in, in ways that are toxic and then you're building more toxic memories in and you start getting this narrative in your head of what you think this person is thinking. And yes, you know that person, but the research shows that you may be able to Guess what that person's thinking because you know them so well. And Mac and I, as I said, have been married for 34 years, known each other for 35 and a half years. But I will be up to 30% wrong in my guess of what he's thinking. So I'll be about 50 to 70% accurate, but I'll still, there's still that 30% factor that I may be wrong. Even if it's a 10% factor, there's still, I still can't guess his narrative. I still have to give him the opportunity to be able to tell me. He needs to give me the opportunity. And so often, I've been guilty of this. I'm sure you have. I know Mac has. Is that we make these assumptions. We make these assumptions that, okay, that's the mood. They always grumpy. We use these awful words like always and never. And, and that just immediately, maybe you get so frustrated and something ugly comes out of your mouth and you'll say something like, you're always grumpy. Why are you grumpy again? Or whatever it is. And it's negative, And then it starts this whole interaction. And you find that you have now spiked something or ignited something that is very toxic and, and you just both get really upset and it can just get worse and worse and worse. You don't have to live like that. You can recognize that that's happening and instead of saying, oh no, this I mustn't do this, I mustn't do this, that's also not going to work. Telling yourself, I mustn't do this is called the white bear. Try not thinking of a white bear now that I've told you about the white bear, famous psychological concept. That whatever you try not to do and think about, you are going to do. So here I'm saying, okay, embrace it. If you are the grumpy one or you reacting to the grumpy or whichever way around and you've all had chances to be both, instead of trying to say, oh, I mustn't do that, I mustn't react, rather embrace it and say, okay, I own it. I own that I'm getting irritated with that grumpy attitude, but I'm just going to give a little bit of space and then I'm going to kindly go and talk to that person to try and resolve it. Okay, so. There's a little bit of about the sciencey stuff, okay? Did you ever wonder why two people can be exposed to the same viruses and yet only one gets sick? You might have guessed it has to do with immunity, and you'd be right. But where does immunity get its power from? The difference is usually that the person who stays well has stronger gut health. In fact, over 70% of your immunity is created in your gut. A healthy diet, proper exercise, vitamin C, zinc, and other minerals will help. But there's also something you can add to your morning routine that will completely transform your immunity and protect you. And it tastes amazing. The product I want to introduce you to is called Leaky Gut Guardian from BioOptimizers. 
and you might be thinking, do I even have a leaky gut? But studies show that nearly everyone has at least a mild form. And even if you don't, this product does more than just help with this one condition. Simply start your morning by adding one scoop of it to your favorite beverage like a coffee, smoothie, or even just a simple glass of water. It mixes well, tastes delicious, seriously, and you'll be feeding your gut with powerful prebiotics and probiotics. Power up your immunity today and try Leaky Gut Guardian risk-free by visiting biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use Dr. Leaf 10 to receive 10% off any order. You have a 365-day money-back guarantee. That's biooptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. So you don't have to be controlled by this toxic energy which sometimes is hard because it feels like a BB gun. You know those BB guns or paint guns when you shoot things at, like paintball, you know, literally this feels like paintball getting at you. You don't have to be controlled by that. You can control it. And this is where the neurocycle is just fantastic for that. So when you're in the midst of a relationship crisis or when you and your partner reach that fork in the road moment, this scientific mind management process is going to help you. And it's in this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, the exact how-to, the science, my clinical trials, and the clinical trials are so cool because it shows you this brain stuff and this body stuff. So even if you're having this argument and you're keeping this stuff inside of you, you are shortening your life, literally, and causing brain damage if you don't deal with your stuff because you shorten the telomeres on your DNA. And what's a telomere? Think of the DNA strand in Jurassic Park and think of taking a chrome that's made of chromosomes. So we pull the chromosome out, it looks like an X. And my fingernails, which are pink, are the telomeres on the end of chromosomes. And they are their role is to help. They're one of their many roles, but one of their major roles is to help with cell division and healthy cell division. And they are also known as a proxy for how you are managing your mental mess. So how you're managing your mind, how you're managing your emotions and toxicity and things going on in your life. So if you're not getting it under control, because it's your mind's changing anyway. So, you know, this is what I'm teaching in this whole thing. Your mind is always changing. You're always responding. You're always building thoughts. Your brain's always changing. You're always in that relationship. You're going to be responding to your partner. So you may as well learn how to do it properly. You may as well learn how to manage it properly before you just dive in and just like react from toxic trees that you've built into your brain, okay? So when you do just respond in this toxic way and you don't manage it, the telomeres will shorten. And when the telomeres shorten, that means that they are not very healthy. You make about a million cells every second, and the health of those cells is based on your telomeres and how healthy the telomeres are. So if you are operating from a toxic mindset constantly in your relationship, and you just keep not dealing with it and suppressing it and pushing it down, and you've reached that relationship crisis, pretty much you've affected the health of your brain and your body. Your telomeres are, are shortening, which means that the cells that you're making are not as healthy. I saw in my clinical trials that the people in the control group, and I put this into the book, the first half, when they didn't manage their mind, they actually, their telomeres shortened and their biological age, which is the age of your biology, which is which should be the same as your actual chronological age, differed in our, in our, in our research. Those that didn't manage their mind, they had weaker telomeres, which then led to older biology, biological bodies, which meant we had some people, let's say, for example, in their 30s, but they had a body of a sickly 65 or 75-year-old. Now, if you are in your 30s and you're sitting with your cells, your body, your brain, your heart, with cells that are not healthy, that increases your vulnerability to disease by 75 to 98%. So, you know, this is not something to just be sneezed at. There's been research that's been done that's shown that when couples argue, 
in the different ways. There's different ways that you can argue. And they did a research study where they put couples into this in, into the study, into these different rooms, and they were told them to argue. And, and, and the ones that argued meanly, that they were just sarcastic and awful and whatever, the immune system function was very, very compromised by up to 60%. So, you know, this is, this is very real. We saw that when people aren't managing their mind, your immune system function will drop. But as soon as you manage your mind, you can reverse that. I showed that in my research. I showed that through neurocycling, which is a scientific form of mind management of how you get your thinking, feeling and choosing under control so that you can actually deal with the, the toxic moods, the bad tempers, the arguments, the crisis, the fork in the road, etc. When you use that, it can really help you with that. So you can use this neurocycle on your own or as a couple. I recommend both. I recommend that you work on yourself because you should. And I recommend you work together. So use the neurocycles in both aspects. So this podcast is to get you going, but I strongly recommend you get the book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, with all the pre-orders to get all those fantastic bonuses. And we also have a neurocycling workshop on the 27th of February, which is free. So go to the link in the show notes, and I'm going to be helping you understand more about neurocycling there as well. You can't hear enough about this, seriously. And I'm going to be also interacting with the audience. So that's a free seminar. You can register for free. Tickets are at Eventbrite. Go to the link in the show notes and register for that. Okay, it's getting super full and it's going to be an amazing workshop. Okay, and then pre-order the book, guys, and get the stuff. Okay, so let's get into some how to do it. So before you begin the process, you need to get yourself in the right mental state. Because dealing with, as we know, I don't have to tell you the obvious, it's hard. Especially when you're like emotionally like tense inside, or you've got this narrative that's built up because you haven't spoken to each other. So you've both got this narrative that's been built up, a toxic narrative about what you think that person is thinking. And as I just told you, you're probably up to 30%, if not 50%, wrong about what they're thinking. But you've got this narrative that is 30 to 50% wrong. That narrative has created toxicity. It's shooting out all this toxic energy. And two of you are coming into this crisis with this narrative that's 30 to 50% wrong and this toxic thought and all this toxic energy. And in between, there's this. You got to find those, okay? So in that toxic state, you need to get yourself settled down. So when you decide, okay, we really want to work on a relationship, when you work on, let's say that you work on your own, but this is now together, you're sitting down and you're starting this neurocycle, there's some rules and there's things you can do. First thing is do the 10 second pause breathing. You may have heard me teach this before. You can hear this also a hundred times. It's just brilliant and it works phenomenally well. Very scientific. Okay, we all know breathing helps us. We all know when people are worked up, we say, calm down, breathe, look at me, breathe. Well, breathing resets the brain. Breathing calms down the uh, hypothalamic pituitary axis, which is the stress axis. It it, uh, resets the PAG at the back of the brain. It gets oxygen blood flow to your brain, which means that, especially the front of your brain, so that you can think more clearly and get more cognitive flexibility and get more balance between the two sides of the brain. Really cool stuff. So breathing is a great thing to do. You also want to be very, very strong and wise in how you're going to make decisions. So how you think, feel, and choose as you're in the discussion. So the breathing helps you to do that, this particular type of breathing. Okay, so the first thing, it's a simple breathing. It's called the 10-second pause. I recommend you do this at least six to nine times together before you start diving into the neurocycle that we're going to discuss now, okay? And what you do is you're going to breathe in for three counts, and then you're going to breathe out for seven. A deep inhalation of three, and as you're inhaling for three, you're going to say the words, think, feel. So you inhale one, two, three, but you're saying in your mind, think, feel. 
and then you're going to breathe out for seven, a long forced whoosh of breath. And as you whoosh it out, you're going to say the word choose. So it's think, feel, choose. So you can do that in your mind, or you can do it quietly and your breath, or you can do it out loud together. Think, feel, choose. And you make sure you're doing it over the 10 seconds. So in, two, three, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you can put your timer on so that you do it correctly or get a feel for it. But it's in for three, out for seven. And you're going to say think, feel on the inhalation, choose on the exhalation, kind of like that yoga breath. Push it out. That force that you almost feel lightheaded. You do that six to nine times. So it's about 60 to 90 seconds, minutes and a half. And that will push energy to the front of your brain, push oxygen to the front of your brain, increase blood flow to the front of your brain, stabilize the two sides of the brain, get a high level of theta flowing, which is a healing way through your brain. You're going to get an increase in alpha across the front of the brain in a balanced way, which will increase your ability to actually calmly have more insight and look into all the reasons why you're in the state of putting up memories and so on. Okay, so there's a bunch of reasons that your that your brain will be primed for. And as you go through the five steps, those benefits I've just described will increase even more. Okay, so you breathe in for three, out for seven, the ex- exhalation is going to increase the blood flow, and now you've primed your brain and you've primed your body to be a bit more prepared and calmer. Also, you're going to calm down the neurochemical chaos and the heart flutter that's happening because it's hard working on a relationship crisis. And you're sitting here now and you've got to like, it's awkward, it's hard. You're both coming in like this. And this breathing is just a great way to start the process, okay? Then you start with your first, and I'm going to be looking down, so just forgive me, but I want to make sure I get all of this out to you. So the first thing you do once you've done the breathing, these are the rules, okay? So, sorry, you do the breathing, and then these are rules to bear in mind. So it's worth memorizing these or something. But here's like the sequence and the rules. Talk about good memories you have had from right from the beginning of your relationship. So don't just start by saying, okay, you this, you that. Start by finding these. So straight after your breathing, just say, let's talk about, let's just talk about each of you. Say two things or three things that are great memories about your relationship. Remember that time when we had dinner at that place and blah, blah. Or remember that time that we were doing this and the, you know, bring in each of you, find at least two or three. If you can find more, fantastic. If you can only find one, okay, but find it. It's there. Maybe it's your wedding day. Maybe it's when you first met each other. But start by pulling up good memories. And each time you sit down together, you do the same thing. Start with the breathing, bring up the good memories. Okay, That's, that also does a whole bunch of blood flow, oxygen balancing, hormonal changes in your heart, in your brain that will help you in doing the hard work. So I'm helping you to prime yourself to do the hard work, okay? You can even write these down. I would recommend that you get yourself a NeuroCycle journal. You're going to see I talk about it in the book, talk about it in the app. We are going to be designing one. In the meantime, grab a little journal, date it so that you can track your progress over time. See, this is very systematic. The NeuroCycling process of mind management is systematic. Get your mind under control before you just dive in. So write things down. So write down those three things. Now, some specific rules. Okay, here. No shouting. Okay, don't raise your voice. As soon as you raise your voice, it's going to cause a disruption in both of you neurochemically. If it happens and you do, do that breathing. Time out, breathe until you calm, until you can stop shouting. No swearing. Same thing. If you start doing it, do the breathing. No name calling. Okay? No accusations. So that the person, accusations make people feel defensive. 
So for instance, instead of saying, you did this, rather say something like, this is what I feel you did. And this is how it made me feel. Maybe I misunderstood you. Is this what you meant? That is so different. It will not put a person on the defensive. It will open the the room for conversation. None of us like being in that position where we're being accused. And remember, you might be accusing and you might be justified. This person may really be doing something like that. But you've been in their position where you've done something to them that they are justified saying, you did this and you didn't like that. So always remember to treat people how you want to be treated. I hate it when Max says to me, you did this. And he hates it when I do it to him. And I'd still do it, but I catch myself super quick because I have trained myself with the neurocycle and Max trained himself. You see, mind is a malleable skill. You can train yourself to get your mind under control. You can train yourself to improve how your relationships function. There's such a lot of hope in this message, okay? It's a skill. Like you go to the gym and train your body. You can go and train your mind in this relationship, okay? Avoid you statements. Stick to I statements. You is going to put someone on the defensive. It can come off also as so judgmental and may make the situation worse. So you feels judgmental to people. Just remember the times that people have said you. You immediately feel like you've been judged. You want to defend. It's going to be, it's going to lead to friction. It's going to maybe dis- disrupt the flow. It will not maybe, it will. Okay. So instead of saying you statements, say I statements. I statements will highlight your emotions and are less likely to cause defensiveness. You statements make you feel defensive. I statements highlight your emotions, your perception, and leave the door open for correction. I think this is what you meant. But did you mean it? I, okay, versus you. I feel unheard. Can we talk? You don't listen to me. See, such a difference. You don't listen to me versus I feel unheard. Can we talk about this? Am I wrong? And so on. Okay, acknowledge how you are feeling and how the words or actions made you feel. Okay, so acknowledge, don't suppress. It's perfectly okay for you to, your feelings are valid. You and your partner, both of you need to be able to have your feelings validated. So acknowledge them and how the words and actions made you feel that the other partner did. So acknowledge your feelings while specifying that you're, that you may be making assumptions about your partner's intentions. Okay. So say things like, I feel that you meant this. Am I correct? Or it seems that you are saying this. Is this what you mean? See, never just assume. Remember, always you are 30 to 50% wrong in every assumption you make. Okay. And it could be even more than that. It could be up to 70%. Before you respond to someone and get upset, make sure you understand what the other person means. Oh my gosh, I've been guilty of this so much. Please tell me that you have too. Okay. So that person says something and, and I just make the absolute assumption that I know what they meant. Once again, remember always, you're probably 30 to 50, if not 70% wrong. Assumptions will make an ass of you. Do not ever assume. Always give a chance to that person to tell you what they meant, okay? So just to reiterate that point, acknowledge how you're feeling and how the words or actions make you feel while specifying that you may be making assumptions about your partner's intention. I feel you meant this. Am I correct? Or it seems that you're saying this. Is this what you mean? See, everything I'm saying is following the same kind of line. Use I statements, don't assume, use the language of I feel this, is this is this correct? This made me feel this way, is this correct? I thought you meant this, is this correct? This is how it came across to me, is this correct? You're always allowing 
for that person to be able to explain. And you both do it. So both of you are doing this. You're going to be able to start understanding each other. Just these things alone are going to transform. So you use these in the neurocycle. Okay? Avoid phrases like you never, you always. Oh my gosh, they're such trigger words. They are, will activate explosions. They're catalysts. You never. People are always changing. And to be told you never is so disheartening because it makes you feel like, why should I even bother? If you can't see that I'm changing, why should I even bother? And words like never and always make you feel that. Okay? Stay on the current topic. Who? good one. And avoid constantly bringing up past hurts. If you are talking about X today in this particular neurocycle session, only talk about this. And if something else comes up, say, say, okay, that's super valid. Let's write it down. We're going to work on this in the next session. Okay? So keep to the topic. If you decide you're going to be talking about X, stay there. Okay? Don't ignore the other. Write it down. So it's acknowledgement. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. That's definitely something we need to work on. Thanks for bringing that up. Then the person feels heard. You feel heard. You write it down. You haven't shoved it away, which is causing brain damage. You're actually going to deal with it. So you've got control over it. It's not controlling you. Don't go to bed angry. Okay, this doesn't mean that you have to sort everything out now. Maybe you can't. Maybe it's so big that it's going to take a few neurocycle sessions over a few days to change it. Guys, I've told you before, take 63 days to change behavior. You're not going to change your relationship in one neurocycle. You're going to have to neurocycle every day. And in 21 days, you would have reconceptualized an area. Okay, one area. And that area is going to reveal to you that that area has got lots of memories. So you work on one thing and you start with the most obvious and then you work on that for 63 days. The first 21 days, you, you're serious about doing those five steps. You'd reconceptualize and you find your, you get to the point where you've reconceptualized that tree. For the next 42 days, you've got to practice using that. Okay. And then you can start on the next thing. So it's just a matter of you doing this constant work all the time. Mac and I do this all the time. You never are going to have arrived in your life, in your mind, or in your relationship. Sorry, no quick fix here. People ask you, I, had, I was asked a question in an interview just the, just the other day about, oh gosh, people are going to find this like so much work in 63 days. I said, well, if you don't do the 63 days, it's never going to go away. So if you're feeling tired now and you don't do anything about this, you're going to be even tireder in 63 days. Or you could do the work for 63 days, which is a lot of work. And in 63 days, you won't be dealing with this anymore. Let's apply the logic. Let's shift our perspective, okay? So don't go to bed angry. So many times you can't but come to some sort of level of agreement. So like Mac and I, we have never in 35 years ever gone to sleep without getting to a level of resolution. Sometimes we've sorted it out completely. Other times you said, okay, well, this is what we can do for now. Five steps. This is our final act of reach. But now what am I going to do? Let's in our next discussion, maybe tomorrow or when it works for us, we'll pick it up and take it further. And then there's peace. Then we literally put it to bed to go to bed. Okay. As parents or grandparents, we always want to make sure our kids are getting the right nutrients they need. But sometimes it's so hard, especially with picky eaters, busy schedules, and just how life gets in general. That's why I'm so grateful my favorite multivitamin brand, Ritual, came out with a product for children, Ritual Essentials for Kids. After scanning countless labels for multivitamins they could rely on for their own kids, the parents at Ritual decided they had to create one themselves and make it with high standard approach that Ritual is known for and parents can trust. Not only do they have a delicious natural citrus berry flavor, but they're also convenient by design. 
Each gummy features a 3-in-1 design that combines a daily multi, vegan, omega-3 DHA, and a good source of fiber per serving. When it comes to what goes into our kids' bodies, they've got being picky down to a science. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to start Ritual or add Essential for Kids today. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Discuss solutions, not just problems. So that's why the neurocycle is so fantastic because you identify the problems, but the process of working through to the roots, through the five steps is to get to the solution. So your active reach is the solution and your little, which is the fifth step. We'll get to that in a moment. State how you feel, not just what you think. Okay. Remember you think, feel and choose. You're always doing those three. So when you are talking about things, state how you feel and how you think, how you think, how you feel and the choices you've made as a result of that. Remember these three go together. That's mind. So when you're talking about mind, you need to talk about thinking, feeling and choosing, not just think or feel or choose all of them. Okay. Take a break when things get heated and Go for a walk, go for a workout, transfer the energy. Energy is never lost, but it can be transferred. Take your dog for a walk, take yourself for a walk, go do some push-ups, go and watch a movie, have a bit of space, create a little bit of space, maybe go to separate rooms, okay? Allow people to finish before you interject. Poof, I've had to learn that one. Really, let a person get their thoughts out and then wait and say, okay, is it okay if I talk now? Or just up front say, okay, I'm not going to interrupt you. And I'm telling you, you are going to interrupt. But remember this little rule. Remember and stop yourself and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please finish. And no matter what they're saying that's upsetting you, let them get it out. Let a person finish. So important. Watch your body language. Nonverbal communication is 50% of communication. So you might be sitting there saying all the right words, but your body language is anger and you're doing this and you, you know, your eyes and your whole demeanor is one of ugh, whatever, anger, frustration, oozing, all that stuff. Watch your body language. If you're serious about this crisis in your relationship, you need to work on your body language. And there's certain things that I know that I do that trigger Mac. There's certain positions that I'll hold my body in, certain ways that my eyes will look, certain expressions on my face. Like my kids and Mac call it the Queen Victoria look. My mom used to get this, and I think I learned it from her. But I get this look on my face. It throws me. I tell you, it's like almost guaranteed to cause a fight. So I'm very aware of that now, and I'm very aware of of his response. And as soon as he, I start seeing that response in him, I will control that look on my face. So you can have a ten, like tensing of your muscles and leaning forward is kind of a combative message. So, you know, it looks like I'm ready for a fight. So try and be aware, you know, try, even if you have to just shake up your shoulders and, you know, move your neck around a bit and just wiggle a bit or stretch or whatever, just to yawn. Yawning is very helpful in resetting the brain and relaxing the body and so on. Do a 10 second pause, etc. Minimize fast, aggressive movements. You know, when we get mad and angry and we're talking about a heated subject, it's very easy to go, mm, you know, move your hands. I do that. I'll, I'll move my hands fast. I'll move fast. I'll move around fast. I mack will pace up and down, up and down. And it really, it, it just aggravates me and I aggravate him. So we both don't do that anymore. We sit down and kind of keep still and really try and not get the aggressive movement going. Okay. So, and guys think, oh, how can I do all of this? This is why you are going to learn how to do this, practice it, get it in your psyche, etc. All of these things I've just described, you can use as active reaches, which is step five. So you will not always stick to these rules. Emotions do run high, as we all know. So don't forget the 10-second pause. You can also add things like tapping. So tapping is a really great way of sending a, a calming electromagnetic flow through your brain 
and through your body, there's lots of things on tap. You can see where I'm tapping the different parts of your body that can calm you down. It just basically works on electromagnetics through the blood flow and it helps to send a calming wave, activates the heart. The heart releases an atrial nutritic factor and calms you down. Havening is another one where you basically just can do this. If you feel yourself getting worked up, give yourself a little hug and a rub. You can go and Google both of these things and find out lots of stuff. I have stuff in this book about that and in my NeuroCycle app, okay? So something else, if you are getting worked up and you, find, you may find it easier to go to different rooms to calm down and then text each other. Mac and I love doing this. We can see if things are getting out of hand. We think, okay, he goes to his office. I go to my studio or my bedroom or wherever. And we start texting and we work out because texting is more, you know, you have to be like more organized with your thoughts, sort of. And you, you're saying this, it's so much easier to say than it is to write. You've got to be much more focused and, and it's do it on the phone, not on your computer. Do it where you're slow, wherever you're the slowest. I'm very fast on my computer. I'm super slow on my phone. So I do it on my phone because I have to think about it. I have to think and feel and choose my words. I use my mind intensively. And we've trained ourselves not to get nasty on text. And when we do, we apologize very quickly, that kind of stuff. So, And then if a person doesn't feel like talking at that moment, you need to respect that. There are times where maybe you've just had such a long day and you know you come in with this attitude and you know you need to sort it out, but you just like, you need to go have that, that me, my place is go have that infrared sauna and watch something like Bridgerton, you know, just to like switch off. And have some space and say, look, I know we need to discuss this, but I really need the space at the moment. And can, I promise we will talk about it. And can I tell you in an hour when we can talk about it? Maybe in an hour, but maybe we need to push this to tomorrow or something like that. It's just basic stuff. But these things I tell you, these things I've told you will change your relationship. Okay. This is also a great time if the other person doesn't want to talk. This is a great time for you to do a neurocycle on your own either go chill or rest or something, but I've done that. I've like been worked up, tired, gone in my infrared sauna, watched a bit of Bridgerton, and then I've calmed down, done a little five-step neurocycle, typed it into my phone and sent it through to Mac, the little five-step neurocycle in a metacog form, which I teach you about in this book. And I'm telling you, it diffuses the situation and we kind of, you know, starts the process of, okay, let's, let's talk about this. I can talk in an hour, I can talk tomorrow. Okay, so you can also do something physical in that time if you're feeling like you can't, you know, if you're frustrated because the other person doesn't want to talk and you do. Go for a walk or go to the gym or go to work out or, you know, do some jumping jacks or do some yoga or, you know, stretching, whatever, just so that you can transfer that energy that's building up from the frustration. I want to sort this out now because some of us are got to do this now. I'm one of those kind of people that I've had to learn to, okay, this is not the right time. Let's not put it off for later. It's not going to go anywhere now. It's going to be an exhausting three hours versus if I calm down and do it later, it'll be 10 minutes. Okay, so let's go through the five mind management steps of the neurocycle together. Let's do just a broad overarching now based on everything I've told you, which are, thing, are things you can incorporate as, as like overarching ways that you approach each other. And you can also build those things that I've said in as, as active reaches, which is the final step, which is an action step. Because the first thing is now you're sitting down together. Here you are. Here's person one. Here's person two. Okay. Here's all this energy coming out of both of your heads. So we're going to breathe. Ten second pause. Six to nine times. And then we're going to start with the five, two or three happy memories just to set us off. We're going to bear all the things I've just said in mind. So maybe you want to, you know, I've got a lot of those, some of those in the book. and we've done a whole in the app all of this is in in the app so you can use it to actually guide you through that okay and so then you're now going to do the first step what are you going to do first step, gather awareness of your emotional and physical warning signals okay gather awareness beautiful concept gather awareness 
means I take this toxic thing that we are now about to discuss and I pull it into my conscious mind. And we know from neuroscientific research, as soon as you have gathered awareness of the issue, even if it's blurry at this moment, you have increased your ability to control it. And in your brain, the little protein bonds that are holding this thingy, this little tree together, are weakening. Ha, which means they're malleable. You see, your brain is neuroplastic. Your brain is always changing. Your mind is always changing. You can choose to change what you want to change. I want to change these things that mess up my relationship, the crisis in your relationship. So you face them as painful as they are. You may cry. You may feel awful. You may feel really anxious and really depressed that this is the state. But because you are aware, you have control. You've shifted the power balance. You've weakened the bonds. You can change things. What a beautiful thing to know. Okay. So. In gathering awareness, you are shifting into a mode where think of a huge, big, thick apple tree that's filled with apples and you're going to go apple picking. This has been my analogy lately so because it's just such a great analogy and I want to go apple picking. Okay, so that's besides the point. Okay, so now we've got this apple tree that's filled with apples and if you go up to it, you just bump it and all these apples fall on your head. I don't want you to do that. They'll knock you out, the emotions. You just don't just start firing things at each other. You want to do this. You want to stand back up your basket and you want to pick the apples so you control it so you pick the apples together so you get very structured guys this is why you got to have the neurocycle journal etc so what do we what apples do we pick first of all we gather awareness of the first apple which means gather awareness of our emotional warning signals in this book i have a whole list of emotional words to help you i have an emotional warning signal guide that will help you determine the intensity so maybe this first time you sit down and you pick that apple, that emotional apple, and it's total frustration, and it's at a 10. But maybe as this as the session goes on and you do the neurocycle, tomorrow when you get back to it, maybe the frustration has reduced from a 10 to a 7. It's progress, even a 10 to a 9 and so on. So there's a emotional words and emotional warning signal and also the 10-second pause and a few other things you can do. All of it's in this book, okay? So then you're going to gather the next apple, gather awareness of your physical. What am I feeling? When I think about this situation, when I'm in this thing that we're about to discuss, you know, are you feeling tension in your shoulders? Has it been there for a while? Is there, are you, do, have you had, an ex, have you got gut issues? Are your feet giving you problems? Is your heart palpitating? Are you having a lot of pain in your heart, et cetera? What are the physical warning signals? Okay. These are all warning signals that are emanating from this toxic thought. Okay. As this odor, these things you're picking are emanating from this tree that the branches of this tree and which are coming from the roots because the branches can't grow if you don't have roots and the roots are the original problem where this thing started which is what you're trying to find through the neurocycle so you can change it okay you you are basically looking for those things that are warning you they're warning signals of an underlying cause they are symptoms of an underlying issue okay and you're embracing processing and reconceptualizing so you then gather awareness. The other app, next apple is of your behaviors. What are your behaviors? So are you snappy? Are you irritable? Are you withdrawing? Are you crying? Are you shouting? Are, what uh, gets specific? Find these. And as you do that, what you're doing is you're pulling up memories. So these things, these emotions, these physical warning signals are getting to the, taking you deep into the branches. And in the branches, these are all the memories, the thoughts made of memories, like a tree is made of branches. And there's lots. It could be a hundred, a thousand, two hundred, one hundred, five thousand. I don't know. So as you go through picking the apples, you're starting to pull up the behaviors, which is now going to show you some data. 
and emotions. You're starting to identify. Okay. Now, once we've gathered, don't, you know, do this for a limited time because 15 to 45 minutes. So if it's 15 minutes, you'll spend about three minutes doing that. You won't find everything today. That's why you keep going for 21 days. And after 21 days, you don't have to do all five steps. You just do step five for the next 42 days. Okay. So now I'm going to look at the next thing, which is physical warning signals, emotional warning signals, behavior warning signals, perspective warning signals. What's my perspective? What's the tree trunk? What's my perspective? Oh, I'm irritated. Oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, this is not going to work or whatever. You need to find it. Okay. Because we want to undo it. We want to reconceptualize it. Okay. So you basically gather it. And then you're going to move over to reflect. Okay. Reflect is your second step. So reflect is also this beautiful, all encompassing word that does, by the way, just let me tell you quickly, the gather has that step that I've just done now has calmed down the neurochemical chaos in your brain, has put up a shield around your brain and your body from the toxic energy this thing is generating in both of you. So you've changed the physical environment that you are immersed in. You've changed your gravitational fields. I mean, this is physics. People have won Nobel Prizes for their working gravitational fields. We are altering those. You are altering the electromagnetic state around you, which makes it easier to talk to each other. You have increased the balance between the two sides of your brain. You've increased blood flow and oxygen to the front of your brain. You have created a beautiful flow between the amygdala and the frontal lobe of your brain. You have activated the hippocampus, which is pulling up memories. Oh, I can go on and on. And you can find that in the book. You've done so much great stuff. Now you reflect, second step. So now you take those apples and you start asking, okay, why? And each of you doing this. So you each have got your apples. They're different apples. You've each got your own basket of apples that you've gathered awareness of. So now you take turns and you can start with whoever first. Say, okay, why do you think you have those emotional warning signals? Why do you think, and then the other person, why do you think those emotional, why those physical, behavioral, behavioral, perspective, perspectives? You go through each of the apples that you've picked, each having a turn to express those, okay, to, to, to reflect on those. Reflecting is asking, answering, discussing. So why, what, when, where? That sort of thing. So it's the why, asking why, and then you answer, and you answer, and then you say, and you discuss, and you ask, answer, discuss. So you are getting to, so you, let me give you an example. So if I had to look at maybe a pattern that Mac and I had to work on, he'd get a certain look on his face, and I would immediately think there was something wrong. This caused so many arguments at the beginning of our marriage. So he'd get a look on his face, and I would, my, so my emotional warning signals were, I'm anxious, I've done something wrong, there's an argument, what's happened, there's something bad. So I'd get all nervous and anxious. And then my behaviors would be, I tense up my body, my body language would be bad. So I see, I'm looking at my emotional warning signals, my physical. My behaviors would be, I would be kind of aggressive. What's wrong? And speak quickly. And my perspective was, something's wrong. So, and Mac would, Mac would have a reaction to that and it wouldn't, it would be, things wrong and we'd have an argument. Okay. So by doing this neurocycle, I could get, become aware of those four. Mac would then understand me because now I've explained my four apples. I would understand him because he's explained his four apples. And as we're reflecting, we're thinking, well, then I from the reflection, I'll understand that, no, there's nothing wrong when his face looks like that. It's just how he's processing and he's come home from somewhere. And when he's in that, he's just in his mental space and whatever. And I'll, he'll understand. And we reflect through why. And then we, the third step is to write it down. So you write this down and you write in the form of a metacog. And a metacog is a way of organizing information that basically helps you to pull the two sides of the brain together. Dig deep into the depths of the brain, increase gamma activity across the brain, which is an integrative, creative, wise. When you are integrative, creative, and wise, you increase gamma. Gamma helps your brain, you to find the stuff you stored in your brain, and it is reflective of you digging down deep into your 
non-conscious mind to find these little trees all over the place. And so I, and so it's doing fantastic stuff. And the, the, when you just pour it on paper, it doesn't have to be organized. You just pour it on paper in the metacog, which is a conceptualized, like branch-like structure. I explain in the book how to do it. I give a, have a video in the NeuroCycle app. It is powerful at identifying and finding issues in people's lives. Okay, it's so powerful. And it gets you to the point, wiffly waffly that can happen. It keeps you very focused. It keeps the emotions under control. Next step, you read what you've written. You do a recheck. So you recheck, and I'm going to give you some questions for the recheck just to help you understand. Hang on, we have got some great questions here. You would then look at what you've written. You look at your metacogs, and should you both make your own metacog? You can decide. You can have one neurocycle journal that you're working on together, and you could make one metacog together. That's really a cool thing to work so that you're both putting things on as each of you. So you've got one big piece of paper, one page open, and you're both adding things on. Or you could work separately in your own, or you could do both. Up to you, okay? As long as you're doing it, as long as you're writing it down and you're seeing what each other's writing it down. So I'm very in favor of when you do it together, you have your shared neurocycle journal. When you're doing it on your own, you have a separate neurocycle journal. Okay, so then you look at what you've written and the right steps, jumbled brain on paper, kind of vomiting out your thoughts. Then you start now with the the recheck, which is like a mental autopsy, where you're trying to make sense of what you've gathered awareness of and reflected on and written down to reconceptualize it. So it's essentially this process is taking you down to the origin story. Why am I doing, feeling this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why is there this problem? And the recheck, by this stage, you're starting to get, you've got data. So the recheck is analyze the data. Why am I doing this? How could I do it differently? What are the patterns and triggers? What's the antidote? And then as you do that, you create and you limit the time. Remember, guys, 15 to 45 minutes. So you decide if you're doing, going to go for a 45-minute session, you work out, okay, I'm going to spend then seven, five, seven, or 35, so about five to seven minutes then on each step. And you time it. And don't and go beyond, don't go beyond those. The strictness of the timing is powerful because it keeps you very focused in that moment. And then you can, the next day you can pick up. Let's say that a discussion does start that you feel you want to go further. First, finish the neurocycle, get to the active reach. And the active reach, one of the active reaches, which grows out of the recheck is, so you're doing the active reach. I mean, the recheck, and you feel, okay, seven minutes is up. We need to finish now. What have we learned from the, these four steps and this active reach pulling it all together? I've learned that we definitely are saying you too much and always and never. That's what we learned today. Fantastic. So you stop that. You, you go to your active reach and you say, okay, my, our active reach is we're both going to practice not saying, saying I instead of you, and we're going to practice not using words like always and never. And so we're going to get both, log it on our phone or wherever. And as we go through, till we work on the neurocycle together again, we're going to log it. We're going to consciously and deliberately make a note of, oops, I said you. How many times? And you might find that the next time you meet, you've actually said to each other like 10, 10 eyes instead, use instead of and only one eye. Do you see what I'm saying? Or you've done your conversation was 70% peppered with always and never type adjectives. So now you're aware of it. So now in the next session, you can say, okay, gee, I didn't realize how often I was doing that. And then you can have a whole, that neurocycle could be around the impact that it's had on each other. So that's kind of what the, the, the active reach is. You also might find that you start touching on something deep that requires a further discussion. And you really want to, dis- you feel like you want to discuss more. So another active reach could be that you then shift over into saying, okay, well, we're going to do this very kind of almost rigid, very systematic mind management thing. But then we're going to have a bit of a break 
and going to go for a walk, I would recommend movement while you do a discussion, if you possibly can, if it's not raining or snowing or something, even if you, you know, if you can't move, it's maybe over a meal or something like that. So you're kind of doing something and that you then can take some of those, those things a little bit further because you might find you hit on something that's very, and I would keep it in the positive. I would keep it in the positive. These longer discussions, I would keep it as positive as possible. So if you say something negative, match it with three positive. So you just say, okay, we, we really hit on something interesting today about this this I thing. I, I want to discuss this more. It's super interesting. I wonder why I'm saying I. And yes, you're going to dig more tomorrow, but you just want to have more of a discussion. And then do it over movement, as I said, or over dinner. But make sure that if you start finding that you get a little bit negative with each other, immediately throw in three positive for every negative. Okay, I have said such a lot, and I've only touched the tip of the iceberg, but I hope it's given you a little bit of guidance on this just having had Valentine's Day and just having you know, relationship crises are there to be solved. And I hope this will help you solve yours. And you can find so much more in this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, which, as I told you, is on pre-order with great bonuses. We have the free NeuroCycle Workshop, and I'm going to be here to help you as much as I can. So thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.